When it comes to Peter, his life was full of ups and downs. If Peter were here, and if we asked him how his experience was with Jesus, I presume that he would share many of his adventures in his work with Jesus, such as walking on the sea, watching the transfiguration of Jesus, healing the disabled, and make 3,000 people come back to Jesus, etc. However, Peter might not want to share his situation in Luke 22, which we just read on his denial of Jesus. Some of you might know that I was an overseas worker in the Middle East for 15 years. So people often asked me how it was in the Middle East. Like Peter, I have many stories related to the local people and how God moved throughout the city. But at the same time, I also have many moments I do not want to share because they make me feel shameful as Christ worker. There is a one particular moment that I still remember today from my time studying at a local graduate school in the Middle East. Um, one day, one of my Arab professors found an article on the internet that I had written, which talked about a mission to Muslims. Although I used the pseudonymity in my article, but some parts of the paper, especially the description of specific uh, lifestyle of local people, I quoted my professor's writing with his name. And the editor also introduced me as a missionary working in the Middle East. So he noticed that this was my writing and that was uh, I was a missionary. Without knowing what happened, when I went to his office, he showed me a printed article and asked me, what is this? If you were in that kind of situations, I bet you would boldly say and proclaim, yes, that is mine. Yes, I am a missionary, professor, believe in Jesus. He will save you and your family. <laughs> Yet, I couldn't say that like that. So in the spur of the moment, I panicked and insisted that I did not write that article. Yes. It would be fine if I stopped telling a lie uh, to defend myself at this point. But I told another lie stating that the author was a friend of mine. And she plagiarized the part that I wrote. Um, maybe... It was not be as dangerous as I imagined to be arrested or deported from that country by the police. But in an attempt not to expose, not to expose my identity, I made myself a thief of my writings in front of the Muslim professor to whom I should have been the light of Christ. Although he didn't say anything to me, 
I felt that he noticed that I was not telling him the truth. Of course, I was able to walk away without my repercussions, any repercussions, but I was so mortified and ashamed that I found myself asking, how could I have made up such stories to save myself? Do I need to keep working as a missionary? Although it took me a while to overcome emotional confusion, now looking back on it, this incident helped me to encounter my flesh nature. No matter what kind of title I had, I was initially a child of the evil one, and I was just a person who needed grace of God. So, in some way, I can relate to Peter's story in Luke 22 on how his heart broke and how remorseful he was after he denied Jesus in front of the people. However, thankfully, Luke 22 is not how Peter's relationship and testimony of Christ ends. He had another story in John 21. In John 21, Peter met the resurrected Jesus and received the calling to feed his flock and follow Jesus. So, how could Peter move from Luke 22 to John 21? Before going to John 21, Peter repented sincerely in Luke 22. In verse 60 and 61, when the rooster crowed and Peter saw the eyes of Jesus, he realized that he was a hopeless and absolute sinner. Peter was sure that he loved Jesus. That's why Peter claimed that even if he had to die with Jesus, he would not deny him in Matthew 26. Peter was sure that he could keep his promise to Jesus. You know, we all agree that we are sinners, but sometimes we mistake ourselves for good sinners, rational sinners, or conscientious sinners, so, etc. So we think that we can love, commit, or sacrifice for God and others with our own strengths. But our human love or commitment is always limited and imperfect because its center is ourselves and our strength. When we realize that we are absolute sinners and could not do any good things apart from Jesus and the grace of God, we do true repentance. I also used to think like a Peter. Because I was sure that I loved God, I thought that I thought that I could endure any difficulties on the mission field. Several years ago, I had to make a very difficult decision to obey God's leading in my ministry. Yet my pursuit of being obedient to the Lord led me unexpected and unwanted situations. So when I faced the situations that I have never gone through before, I became angry at God because I obeyed. 
I expected God to reward me with successful ministries, good relationship with people, and so on. But God didn't do that for me, as usual. So I felt betrayed by God, so I complained to him, What is this? Is this my reward for following you? I feel like being crucified upside, upside down like Peter. I know when you pour out your grace and love, it always happens through repentance. Do you want more sacrifice from me? And do you want me to repent? Well, I do not remember anything that I need to repent of right now. Yet I found myself suffering because I obeyed you. So, how can you make me repent at this time? You are God. Why don't you prove yourself to me by making me repent? It sounds very rebellious, doesn't it? But just because I thought that I obeyed God, I had the right to be angry at God and revolt against him. In my prayer time, God spoke to me in my heart. Yes, you are right. You have sacrificed your time, money, and many other things to obey my word. Yes, you might be right. You might be crucified, but not with me, not with Jesus, but with the criminals. That moment, my eyes opened. The religious leaders, Roman soldiers, and people passing by shouted at Jesus, If you are the Son of God, you rescue yourself and come down from the cross. Even the criminals on the cross mocked Jesus. So, you are the Messiah, are you not? Prove it to us by saving yourself and us. I realized that the words I complained to God, such as, I obeyed you. I didn't expect these things. I sacrificed my life, my children, to obey you. Make me repentant and change my thought. They are the same words people spoke to Jesus when he was on the cross. How are we so proud of ourselves? How are we so stubborn? Even amidst of suffering, we want to show off our strength, our utmost pride. How often we insist on God to prove that he is God by doing something we want. Although we have a new life in Jesus, because of our fleshly nature, we always insist that our judgment and opinions are correct, even when they are opposite to God. So when God opened my eyes that was crucified but not with Jesus, I found that I have been obeying what I wanted to follow in my life. My old flesh nature, self-love, self-satisfaction, and self-pity were not dealt with thoroughly before God. Before God, we have to admit that we are absolute sinners without excuse 
and could not do any good thing apart from him. Another aspect as to how Peter was able to go from Luke 20 to John 21 is that he did not leave his community because of his feelings of self-pity or guilt. He did not walk away out of shame, but decide to be vulnerable. Also, the community still accepted Peter, and they remained together. How did Peter come back to the community? When we read uh, Luke 24, we know that on the first day, early in the morning, when the women told their community of the resurrection of Jesus, Peter and other disciples ran to the cave of Jesus. So Peter rejoined his community in a short time following his denial. But we do not know what happened between Peter and his community right after his denial. Though it is not explicitly written in the Bible, I think Peter would have shared what he had done with the community and repented before God in front of them as he denied Jesus in front of unbelievers. What kind of community or small groups or band do you belong to right now? How much do you expose yourselves to your fellowship? You know, sometimes our sharing in a small group or a band is quite superficial. How competitive we are. If we compare with others and try to find a reasonable reason to share our vulnerability, we cannot share anything with them. We are not sharing before people, but before God. Sometimes we also feel that people would not understand us at all and try to give advice with their own perspective. But let's look at Job and his three friends. We all know that the discussion with his three friends were useless and vain. However, while Job defended himself from their unfair accusations and pointless conversation about him, Job's self-righteousness, which was deeply hidden in his heart, was exposed. So when Job heard God's voice, he could respond to God. Our hidden self-righteousness and judgments are not usually exposed. But when we encounter difficult or undesirable situations, our hidden flesh nature comes up. The way we look or interpret the situations or respond to the people who hurt us shows where we are in our relationship with Jesus. We do not know who we are when we are alone. It is as if we cannot see our face without looking at the mirror. Only in community, like looking at the mirror, we can see how much our old nature is dealt with before God and find out who we are. So how did this community accept Peter? Maybe some people in this community knew what Peter did before he shared, but they didn't criticize. 
Peter, they knew that they were the same sinners as Peter. They knew that they were the ones who denied Jesus and ran from him, but just were not detected by others. Peter's story is not stopped with the repentance, his repentance at the cross. In John 21, he met the resurrected Jesus, and Jesus made Peter rise to a new resurrected faith. Three times he asked Peter, do you love me? There are lots of possibilities that can help us understand these questions, yet I would like to explain that these questions assured Peter that he still loved Jesus, even though he denied him. Yes, I love you, Jesus. I still love you, even though I denied you, even though I made a big mistake, I made a sin, but I still loved you. And Jesus wanted to say it. As I love you, you love me because you are in me. In my love, you can love me. I love you no matter what you have done or whom you become. Jesus wanted Peter to recover his new spiritual identity in Jesus and have a resurrected face in him. From Jesus' view, our mistakes and sins are not surprising because he knows our weakness well. Instead, we are confused by our shortcomings because we have religious pride within us. In his book, After God's Own Heart, Michael Bickle points out that many of us put our confidence in our commitment or sacrifices for God more than on the Lord's commitment to us. We should know that our commitment to God is the result of God's commitment to us. What we have is not our, our own righteousness, but Jesus' righteousness. Not our own goodness, but God's goodness. Before we make any decision to live for God, God made a decision first to love us and to live inside of us through Jesus' work of redemption. Hence, if you are disappointed with yourself, your children, or any situation, and want to give up having hope about them, you should know that you do not have any right to be disappointed or discouraged about yourself. Or others. God speaks to you. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are my person. I will make you of my person. I will make you represent the image of God. Those individuals are my children. I will change them. I will be responsible for them. How dare you give up? You may be disappointed with yourself or others, or situations, but God still has hope and a future for you and those individuals in his kingdom. So you can forgive yourself, others, or even the situation that have disappointed you. 
Jesus died on the cross and resurrected so that you can forgive and resist holding on to bitterness and painful wounds. So in verse 18, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. This reminds me of Jesus' first calling to Peter in Matthew um, chapter 4, verse 19, that come follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Peter, actually Peter had followed Jesus so far over the years, but Jesus invited Peter again to follow him. In the past, Peter followed Jesus with his own strength, passion, or faithfulness. But now, it is only by the strength of God. God's love did not stop on the cross. He did not die just to forgive our sins, but he rose from the dead to resurrect us with him. Then, after John 21, when the repented Peter prayed together with the community which accepted Peter, God filled them with the Holy Spirit to accomplish their cause to proclaim the testimony of Jesus to trust in him. Peter and his community together could move from John 21 to Acts with the power of the Holy Spirit. We all know that Acts did not end with chapter 28. We are now writing the next chapters of Acts with the Holy Spirit through the testimony of our own lives. Brothers and sisters, I would like to ask you, where are you? Are you in Luke 22, John 21, Acts, or beyond? Before we receive the Lord's communion, I want us to pray together before the word of God in silence. And ask the Holy Spirit to lead you your prayer. Let's pray. <clears throat> 